Welcome to the Vintage Church NOLA podcast. Vintage Church is a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. For information, visit vintagechurchmovement.com. Here is this week's message. Hey, welcome again to Vintage Church. If I've never met you before, my name is Pastor Dustin Turner, and I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church in New Orleans. We've been in this three-week series called We Are Movement. Week one, we talked about our core value of truth. Uh, Week two, we talked about our core value of love. And today, I'm really excited because myself and Pastor Rob Wilton, our founding pastor and the lead pastor of Vintage Church Pittsburgh, are tag-teaming this sermon to talk about our core value of community. One of the ways that we have described Vintage Church throughout this series is this way. We are a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. And when I think about community, I think about this reality. In our day and age, even right now when we're in the middle of the coronavirus and there's some social distancing and people aren't seeing one another, people crave community. There there are very few people who totally isolate themselves. Most people want to be in groups, whether they're uh, in a group or in community on Facebook or Instagram or whether they go to a gym or whether they're a part of a club. Even the church is focused in on the significance of community. So we all need community and We should be able to find community in the church. But what I want us to think about today is how community in the church should look different. Because everything about the church is different, right? The church is a spiritual reality. Yes, we physically gather together. Yes, we're physically connected together. But there is a spiritual reality that informs the physical reality of the church community. And so in order to unpack this idea of community, I want to look at a passage in God's Word. Philippians 2. Philippians is a letter written to the church at Philippi, which is in modern-day Asia Minor, by the Apostle Paul. If you know anything about the Bible, uh, the Apostle Paul at first was a murderer and persecutor of Christians. But Jesus came and saved Paul and turned him into a missionary where he literally traveled the known world sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And after he would visit a town, he would write a letter. And here in the book of Philippians, we have a letter that he wrote to this church about community. And so we're going to look at Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. But first I want to look at verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to look at verses 5 through 11. So let's read this together, starting in verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. 
Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So here's the question that I want us to think about as we look at Philippians 2 and think about this idea of community. What should characterize Vintage's community? What element, what ideas should characterize Vintage's community? The first thing that I think we see from Philippians 2 is this, it's unity. Unity should characterize our community. Look at what Paul says in the very beginning of this passage in Philippians 2. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any affection, any sympathy. And and what he's getting at there, the the English translation translates those as conditional statements, if, right? And when you have a conditional statement, it could be true or it could be false. But the way the Greek language works, these are not necessarily conditional statements that are a yes or no, but another way to translate it is this. So, since there is encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, affection and sympathy, what Paul is reminding the church at Philippi, what he's reminding us is we have experienced all of these things. We are encouraged in Christ. We have comfort from the love that Jesus gives us and the love that we have for one another. We have participation in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within all believers, uniting us together, creating fellowship within us. And because of this community, we have affection and sympathy for one another. And so Paul starts out reminding us, hey church, hey vintage church, these are the things that you already have. He wants them to know that, listen, if you're going to have community, don't forget what you're starting with. And so because your community is starting with those, you can have what? Your community can be characterized by what? Unity. Look at what he says. This is how he describes unity. He says, complete my joy by being what? Of the same mind. Literally, that phrase means this, to think the same. To have the same mind, though, is not just what we think intellectually. It's not just that we would agree doctrinally. Yes, we need to agree, right, that Jesus is both fully God and fully human, that he saved us, that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. We need to hold firmly united to those truths together. But that unity, being of the same mind, also refers to uh, our emotions. It refers to our will. And so part of what Paul is saying is we need to have unity in how we feel for one another. We need to have unity in what we are doing, where our wills are taking us. We need to have unity because we're to be of the same mind. But look at the end of verse 2. Paul does something really weird where he kind of parallels these ideas. He says that we need to have the be of the same mind. And then he says this, we are of one mind. Same, literally, it's the same word, just used differently. And again, the idea is not necessarily getting at just thinking the same things. But being of one mind means this. It means to be intent on one mind purpose. 
So if we are united in what we are thinking and what we are feeling and what we are doing, then we are going to be united in the direction that we are headed. It's being directed toward that single, that singular goal. I think about it like this. I mean, think about any sort of uh, team sport, whether it's football or whether it's basketball or, I mean, you, you name it, soccer, right? There has to be alignment. There has to be unity. And even though, think about football, the, the New Orleans Saints, the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's offense, there's defense, there's special teams. There needs to be alignment. They need to be united on the offense. They need to be united on the defense. They need to be united on the special teams. Because if they're not, they're not going to be able to move the ball. They're not going to be able to stop the ball. They're not going to be able to kick the ball. But there has to be unity among those three different sections of the team as well. And that's exactly what Paul is getting at. He's saying, listen, be united, be of the same mind, think the same things, feel the same things, do the same things, because when you are united with one another, you're moving in the right direction. You're living with purpose. In Vintage Church, we talk about why we exist. We exist for gospel proclamation, gospel transformation, and gospel multiplication. When we're united, we are accomplishing those things together. And so my question for you, Vintage Church, is are we marked by unity? When the world looks at Vintage Church, when we look at Vintage Church, can we say that our community is marked, is characterized by unity. The second thing that I think Paul tells us that our community should be marked by is love. Look at what he says in the middle of verse 2. On the outsides, at the beginning and the end, it's that unity piece. But in the middle of verse 2, he says, having the same love and being in full accord. This idea of same love, it's a, it's a reciprocal love the church has for one another. It's, it's not me just loving you, but it's you loving me. It's a reciprocal love. Why? Why can we love one another, even when we have differences? We saw this last week, right, when we talked about our core value of love. We can love because we've first been loved by God. Jesus demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross for us. And so now we are able to have the same love because we've experienced that love. The next thing that Paul says about love in Philippians 2 is that we would be in full accord. This word is so cool. It's only found in this instance in the entire New Testament. And the word literally means to be one sold. And so it's very similar to this idea of love, that we would be so united that our souls would be one. The church is to share a common affection, a common desire, a common passion for one another. Here's the thing that I love about the church, because it's easy to love people that you get to pick, right? I mean, I think about my wife. I picked my wife. My wife picked me. Yes, it's not always easy to love one another because we're broken, sinful people, but it's far more easier to love her because I chose her. It's far more difficult in life to love people 
that you haven't chosen. But the incredible thing about the community found in the local church, found in Vintage Church, is that God brings all of these different kinds and types of people together. And He unites us in love because of what Christ has done for us. It's because we've experienced the love of Jesus that we are able to love one another when we are so different. And so Vintage Church, my question for you is, are we marked by love? When the world looks at us, when we look at one another, do we see love characterizing our community? The last thing that I think Paul says should mark our community is this, it's humility. Look at verses 3 through 4. He says this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others i mean i hope you see what he's doing there in verse three and verse four he's saying the same thing twice but in a different way don't be marked by pride and thinking about only yourself be marked by humility and thinking about other people. Now listen, in this culture, this was a big deal. The city of Philippi was right smack dab in the middle of a Greco-Roman culture. And something you need to know about the city of Philippi, it was a Roman colony. And what that meant was, it meant that soldiers, retired soldiers and retired Roman government officials went there to retire. And so literally, Paul is writing a letter to a group of Christians, a community of Christians who might have had well-to-do people in that community. And what Paul is reminding them of is the exact same thing that we need to be reminded of. It doesn't matter your place in this physical world. It doesn't matter if you have a lot of money or if you have a little money. It doesn't matter if you have status or you don't have status. What matters is that we have been saved by Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus brings us together. And because of that, we're all on equal footing. And therefore, we should approach ourselves and we should approach one another in humility. I think about it like this, you've probably heard that marriage is a 50-50 relationship. But in premarital counseling, my wife Rachel and I, we always remind couples who are engaged that marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100% and 100%. People go into marriage thinking, man, is is my husband or is my wife going to be able to take care of me? Are they going to fulfill my needs and my desires and everything that I need in life? And that's the wrong way to think about marriage. We should go into marriage thinking, I'm going to totally take care of my spouse and not worry about my needs. And when we do that, guess what happens? Our spouse says the same thing. I'm not going to worry about my needs. I'm going to let my spouse take care of my needs as I take care of their needs. And the church, the community of Christ is the exact same way. We don't go into the church thinking, what can I get out of it for myself? But we think about the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ and what I can do to serve and love them. 
Vintage Church, the question for you and I is, are we marked by humility? When the world looks around and they see Vintage Church, when we look at one another, do we see our community being characterized by humility? So I think Paul says in verses 1 through 4 of Philippians 2 that our community should be marked by unity, love, and humility. But I've got one more question that I want you to think about, and it's this question. Why and how should unity, love, and humility mark Vintage's community? I want to read verses 5 through 11 of Philippians 2 to answer that question. Here's what Paul says. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, I think the answer to the question of why and how should unity, love, and humility mark Vintage's community, the answer to that question is one name. Jesus. Jesus is the reason, the why, and the how our church should be marked by unity, should be marked by love, and should be marked by humility. Jesus himself modeled those three things. He was one with the Father in his being and in his mission. He was united with the Father. He modeled love. He went to the cross because he loved us. He modeled humility. He gave up heaven. That's what Paul talks about. He gave up the status in heaven, came down to earth, put on flesh, and lived a humble life. When Paul says this statement in verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. That, that word mind, it's the exact same word again that he's used in verse 2. And this idea is to think like this. So do you want to know what community should look like? Look to Jesus. Jesus modeled those three things, unity, love, and humility. And so I think that reminds us is number one, Jesus is our why. When we think about community and we think about our community being characterized by unity, love, and humility, the reason we do that is because Jesus lived by humi humility and love and unity. Jesus is our why. And at the same time, Jesus is our how. Jesus, in coming to earth and putting on flesh, died for our sins. Because of Jesus, we're able to be reconciled to God. We're able to be made right with God. We're able to be brought back in relationship with God. 
And because of His death and resurrection, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God Himself comes to dwell in us. And the reason we are able to live out community with unity, love, and humility is because God makes it so. God empowers us to be marked by unity, love, and humility. Here it is in the simplest way that I can say it, is that Vintage Church values community marked by unity, love, and humility. We value those things. We're able to live out those three things in our community because of Jesus. Jesus is our why, and at the same time, Jesus is our What an incredible message by our lead pastor in New Orleans, Vintage Church. We love you down in New Orleans. Uh, Just getting right to the point of why we are a community. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is our why. He's the model. Jesus is our how. Vintage Church values community marked by unity, love, and humility. Thank you, Pastor Dustin. Uh, for that incredible message right now on Facebook. Hit a whole bunch of thumbs ups. Hit a whole bunch of hearts. Um, And uh, let's just thank the Lord for uh, all that he has taught us this morning. Uh, If you notice, I'm rocking my my Jordans. How many guys have enjoyed the last dance uh, over the last really five weeks or so? I'm kind of bummed that this whole thing ended. Can't wait for maybe uh, Kobe's last dance film that's going to come out. Um, but uh, when I think about basketball or whatever else I think about, the privilege I have right now of following Pastor Dustin, uh, we all know there's no Jordan without Scottie Pippen or without you know, some of these other teammates. And uh, Dustin, you have thrown me the perfect alley-oop pass for me to just kind of slam dunk it and close out today. Some of my favorite uh, players in the NBA were guys like John Stockton, the Uh, assist leader of all time who just always delivered right to the mailman Carl Malone with the Utah Jazz even though they could not beat the goat they could not beat Jordan and so I want to close out by once again reminding us of our movement code Uh, we've talked about how we are truth we've talked about how we are love um, but today we focused in on how we are community And as a community that is marked by unity, love, and humility, which Pastor Dustin just reminded us about, I want to remind us about one more thing real quick. Like, why in the world are we Vintage Church? Well, I I got news for you. It's not because this is our idea. It's not because you guys love the Vintage Church logo. I might be the only one that loves the logo. I love the logo. I fight for the logo. It's part of our history. You can find Florida Lees in there. You can find a whole bunch of history to our roots. Uh, That's not the reason why we're vintage. Uh, We're not vintage because uh, we love our pastors even, or uh, we're not vintage church because of being in New Orleans or Pittsburgh even. We're vintage church because of the call of God. That's why we're vintage church. I decided to wear my my T-shirt here called, right? Um, We are called by God. This is, at the end of the day, um, not our choice. 
This is an answer to the call of God. The call, first of all, unto salvation. I pray that today you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, in just a few moments, I want to invite you. Will you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Probably right now we're going to put a link where you can click on that link right now. And, and you can right now pray and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But secondly, it's the, the call that every believer who has been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're called to go and make disciples of all nations for the glory of God. And so we're all called, no matter what church you're a part of, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we are all called to go and make disciples of all nations. But we don't all do that the same way. And we don't all do that with the same community. God has designed this thing for us to come together in different communities, different local churches, different expressions, um, because of his call upon our lives to partner together to make disciples of all nations. And this calling of all of us coming together is so unique to Vintage Church. And as we talk about we are community, um, I wanna share with you about the Vintage Pathway. When I teach church planters how to plant churches, I break down the word plant and I say, pursue his call, love his people, announce his gospel, navigate his plan and teach his word. Navigate his plan. Uh, this is his church for his glory, and he's the one in control. He's our senior pastor. He's the one we listen to, and his ways are greater than our ways. Somebody say amen. Somebody hit a bunch of like buttons. Somebody hit a bunch of love buttons. It is his ways that we're after, and we want to navigate his plan. So what we've done is we've created a framework, which we like to call the vintage pathway. It's a discipleship pathway which basically unpacks different steps that we take as we accomplish this mission together of making disciples, of being a movement of truth, love, and community as we like to talk about it, as we live the gospel, serve the city, be the church. So let's break this down. There's three different statements under this in regards to the vintage pathway connecting with we are community. Number one, we gather and connect in rows and in circles. You see, this is the first two steps of our vintage pathway. Our vintage pathway is how our church family walks together as a movement of truth, love, and community. And so from visiting a gathering to attending our connect track, these are our first two steps, which is why we say we gather and connect in rows, right, and in circles, we gather and connect in rows and in circles. Now, the gathering in rows, okay, who knows how that's going to be? We got to keep rolling online like this. Who knows what the limits are going to be? We are creatively thinking through this on how we as a church can continue to gather. But we're going to gather in rows and then we're going to continue to push people into circles. It's not enough for you to just sit in rows. We want you sitting in circles because this is why. You can't hide in a circle. If I'm preaching on a Sunday to a couple hundred people, you can hide. But if you're in a small group of people, I need people in my life that hold me accountable. This is how we make disciples. It's through our groups, through our life group, through our V groups. We gather and we connect in rows and in circles. Then the next statement is how we live out the rest of our vintage pathway. And it's a statement of this. We partner, lead, and send for all cities. We partner, lead, and send for all cities. 
partnership is what we call in regards to our membership, okay? And our membership, we believe at Vintage Church, is less about privilege. It's more about partnership. There's a responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. And so while it's awesome for people to connect with Vintage Church, we believe it's important for people to also commit by becoming a Vintage Partner. And then every Vintage Partner we see as a future leader for the kingdom of God, whether that's just leading your home, or whether that's leading one of our ministry teams, or whether that's you being sent out into the world to lead in your workplace, in your sphere of influence for the kingdom of God. We want to raise up leaders. And so within our leadership um, ministry division, we have a leadership pipeline where we walk people through steps on how they can grow in Christ and become great influencers for the kingdom of God, which leads us to the third thing, send, right? So here's our vintage pathway. Gather, connect, partner, lead, send. And it's our goal to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and so on and so on. Someone put make disciples in the chat there. We want to keep living the gospel, serving the city, being the church. And so we partner, lead, and send for all cities. How are we going to do this? Here's the third statement under we are community. We are team focused. We are team focused. And as those who are team focused. We highlight scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, where it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And as the body of Christ, listen, there's a couple of things that we need to recognize. How are we going to accomplish this vision? We're going to do it together. We're going to be team focused. And when we are team focused, we recognize that every single person in our church, every individual in our church matters. But you never matter more than the whole body. Because we need the whole body. We need all these parts united together, coming together to form one body of Christ to make an impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world. And so we celebrate the uniqueness of all of us coming together. We are equal in value, but not equal in function. And just listen to this. I, I visited New Orleans like last year and I come in, Annabeth and I walk through the front door and one of the Connect Team members, we love our Connect Team members, says hi, introduces herself. I don't even remember her name. She introduced herself to us and I say, hi, my name's Rob Wilton. And, and, and then she begins to show me where the bathrooms are. She has no idea I designed those bathrooms. How amazing is it to be forgotten? Now that sounds crazy. But do you know what's not forgotten in the city of New Orleans? I might be forgotten, even though I'm the founding pastor of Vintage Church. The gospel of Jesus is not forgotten. And the gospel of Jesus is being proclaimed in New Orleans beyond any one of us. The great story, the great narrative of Scripture is that God's people would unite as a community of God and, yes, be used in powerful ways, but their names don't go on from generation to generation. The name that is above every name that Dustin just preached about in Philippians chapter 2 is the name that goes on from generation to generation. So we want to close out our time today 
by giving you an example of how we are team-focused. Much like Pastor Dustin and myself have collaborated together today to preach a sermon together, at the end of our gathering, we're going to transition now to worship in song together. And uh, Jake Smith, our arts pastor up here in Pittsburgh, wrote a song, I Trust You, and he began to introduce this to Pittsburgh um, as we were going through this COVID-19 season, and it immediately became a favorite song of our church to sing. And so as we started to come together, we said, man, we got to collaborate with New Orleans, with Mark and Rayon and our whole team there, and Kyle, and we're going to sing this song together, and we're going to emphasize what it looks like for us to unite as a multi-church, multi-city movement of truth, love, and community. And I pray that if you're here today, as we sing this song, I trust you, and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you right now trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you know Jesus today, would you right now make a renewal, make a commitment to trust in Jesus today and forever as we continue to serve Jesus as a movement of truth, love, and community. Let's worship Jesus together right now.